Welcome to the WATG Podcast Show with your host, Corey Jenner-John. Hello and welcome to the Wisconsin Association for Talented and Gifted Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Jenner-John, and today is going to be a very interesting episode. I'm joined by Denitra Williams, and Denitra we are very excited to have her join the Waytag board. She's a recent board member, and we're very happy, happy that she is, uh, is a board member with her uh, depth of experience, her lovable energy, and, uh, and just uh, personable demeanor. We're just very happy to have her board. So, um, Denitra, thank you a lot for, first of all, being a part of our, of our board, and second of all, thank you for coming aboard the the podcast. So double thanks there. <laughs> well, well, thank you, Corey. What a, what a kind um, welcoming and introduction. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be a part of the team um, and be a part of those who are making change and creating opportunities for our youth that are so talented and so gifted and deserve all that we can offer. That is, that is very true. Um, and, uh, and, and Denisha, you've got a, you've got a very good story to tell about that as well. So, um, I'd like you to, first of all, kind of share your, your story, your experience, and just, and not, not as a, as just as a kind of more or less as a mouthpiece, uh, for other people that may, uh, may have gone through the same or may be currently going through the same situation. Absolutely. So my story unfolds over a seven year period. So tell me again, Corey, how much time do we have today? <laughs> we, we've got some time. So go, go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Well, I will still try to condense it because clearly I'm not going to talk for a whole seven years, but <laughs> um, it, did, it did unfold over a substantial amount of time. And, and my story goes as such. So I was what you all, so I, my husband and I are from California, born and raised. And when I lived in California, I also was what Wisconsin calls a tag student. We use the verbiage um, gate when I was a kid or magnet. Um, so I, from elementary, from the start of school, I'd always been in gate classes and had all AP classes. I mean, I even had AP trig. Who does that? Why? 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 Why do we do that to our children? I don't know. It was awful. But anyway, <laughs> um, I was skipped twice. So I started high school at 12 and graduated at 16. So fast forward to uh, 20 years becoming a mother myself. Um, living in Wisconsin, being unfamiliar um, with the educational system, given one, this is my only child, and two, um, I didn't grow up here. So um, our daughter got in school um, as early as 3K. We, we actually um, put her in private 3K because I was a stay-at-home mom during that pocket of time, and I was concerned about her acclimation to um, the school environment and the expectations. Having only received instruction from myself and her father, you know, how would she respond to having another adult authoritative figure in her life? How would she respond to other children, you know, in an all-day situation? So we made the choice to uh, put her in 3K. From 3K, Corey, 
Um, she's always tested high and um, I've always gotten positive feedback that she far um, surpassed her peers in whatever content they were covering at that time. Wow. Okay. And I'd always ask, so what are her options? You know, knowing my own experience as a child, you know, what kind of options are afforded to her here as a higher thinking student? You know, what, what, what can she do? What can we do? Um, is there some sort of advanced placement courses or is there some um, skipping? Do you guys do that? Um, so at 3K, you know, it's private. They're pretty much like, you know, when you get into quote unquote real school, they'll, you know, walk you through some of those options. Okay. 4K, same thing. Same high test scores. Every um, um, parent-teacher conference, um, there's always uh, loads of accolades dumped on her and um, highlights of how she far surpasses her peers in this and in that. And, you know, she came into um, the year with knowledge that, you know, is usually two to three grade levels higher. Um, it even got to a point at one point, um, I want to say she's fifth grade now. Um, I want to say maybe second grade or so where they do the, the reading levels by alphabets. And her teacher said, you know, really Peyton is testing at whatever the alphabet was that was where she had her. But she said, unfortunately, we don't have appropriate content for her to let her have those books. So um, I'm capping her here, but she really should be at this next two or three levels higher. And I said, okay, I understand. I definitely don't want her reading above her maturity level. So I'm fine with that. But again, I'm asking these questions. So given my child is testing at 99 and 94 percentile, what options are afforded to her? My concern is having been a TAG student myself, we all know what happens. If children are not engaged, they're either going to become disengaged or act out because of they're bored, you know. And so um, I was extremely concerned about that and voiced that. Every year, and you know, Corey, testing happens twice a year. So this is twice a year from 3K to fifth grade, right? So finally, I believe um, first grade, um, first semester, the first testing, so fall testing, first grade, um, her principal, and I've always sat on her boards. Um, so I went to her principal having an being an office holder on her um, charter school board. I went to her principal after a meeting and I said, listen, you know, um, my child's test scores are phenomenal consistently. Um, there's got to be something we can do because even her teacher says whenever they get assignments, she the teacher allows 30 minutes. But my daughter's done in three. So what is she supposed <laughs> to do for seven minutes? Wow. You know, um, I mean, she's just. We got to do something. And the school that she's at was was at. That's another story in itself. But that that particular school that she spent her 4K to fourth grade experience in um, is a charter school. And I didn't know if it was because it's a charter school that they did something different because I had volunteered at another school um, that what they did was so if a child was in second grade, but they were testing in other subjects at third or fourth grade level, then when when math came 
they would go to the third, fourth grade class for math instead of remaining in their second. But also if they were testing at first grade level and second grade, then they would go to first grade for math and so on and so forth. And so I thought that was such a wonderful way to ensure we were meeting the children where they were at. Um, but um, her charter school was smaller. And so principal said, nope, we don't do that. But I tell you what, um, Peyton will qualify for tag services next year. We don't we don't do that until second grade because usually um, the kids test scores begin to level out. And so it's, it's about second grade that if they're still, you know, scoring high, then we go ahead and, and offer them tax services. And I said, OK, well, tell me more about that. So he tells me about the program. And as we know, tax funding is always so minimal. So therefore, her school only receives tax services one semester of the year. And it's only a pullout class for like an hour or two. Mm, I think it's only twice a week. That's it. And I'm like. That's it. Now, compared to my experience as a child where my whole day was tagged, this seems ludicrous to me. How are you only supporting these brilliant children for a fraction of the school year? What? What? And, um... But, you know, I'm, I'm not from out here. So, you know, um, I'm, I'm a trusting person and I'm assuming what you're telling me is true. And that's just how it goes. And so I don't make a stink. So we get to second grade. And now that she is officially tagged, I begin receiving invitations to join the, um, the tag parent group. And again, as I mentioned, you know, not being from not Given that I'm not from out here and this is my only child, I want to make sure I get it all right. I don't want to mess anything up. And I, I should also mention that I, my husband and I are older parents. Um, and so it's been so long, Corey, since I was a kid. <laughs> I don't remember what was going on. So you're so aging yourself I, literally. You're aging yourself literally. Listen, didn't you? All right. Listen, I, don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So I'm like, you know, I, I'm going, I'm, I'm always, so I'm a sponge when it comes to my parenting and I'm here to soak it all up, you know, give me the knowledge I need to know. I want to make sure I'm doing everything just right as a parent and making sure that my child isn't missing out on any opportunities because we're not from out here and we didn't know kind of a thing. So I'm going to these parent classes. Okay, now, Corey, brace yourself because here's where it gets just absolutely awful. I'm sitting in this class and then there is an educator before me and she is sharing about this tag elementary school. And I, so this is voice, so you can't see my face, Corey, but my, my eyebrows began to scrunch like a what? You have a tag elementary school? Now I've been asking since 3K, 4K, Kindergarten, first grade, we're now second grade, five years. I've been asking, what options are there to support my child's academic enrichment? And nobody, that's five school teachers. Plus, you got your parents that are in there as well to help with the littler ones, if littler is even a word, the younger, (laughs) (laughs) the, the, the younger students. So that's five plus educators that I've spoken to consistently on numerous occasions. Every parent teacher conference after every every testing for spring and fall testing, nobody told me about this elementary school. And oh, Corey, 
the bigger kicker is this elementary school is three blocks away from my house. And I have to, we have to drive and pass five schools to take our child to the school that she opens and rolls at. Okay. And when we bought this house some years ago, I remember I toured that school, Corey, not once, but twice. I wanted so desperately to like that school because it's three blocks away and we could stop driving her to school. We even got a keypad entry front door so she can let herself in. We practiced the route, bought her a new bike so she can bike to school and know the way. But Corey, I did not like that school. But you know what, Corey? I toured that school twice and they never said, does your child qualify for TAG? And it should be noted that I am African-American. And it should be noted that my child is African-American. And no one ever asked, you know, does she qualify for TAG? Because we also have a TAG elementary school charter school in our school that she could apply for. No one even mentioned it. So I'm sitting in this meeting, getting back to that. Yes, it is. Five years. Let's not miss that it's five years that I've asked. Okay. I've asked, you know, that you withheld that information from me for five years. So I'm sitting in this um, tag parent group and this teacher says this, she is a tag educator. And she says this and my chin hits the floor. And she adds on that, you know, um, it's for you to decide if that's a good opportunity for your child. I personally, um, oh, wait, no. So let me, let me back it up. Nope. Nope. Sorry. Sorry. Nope. That's not when I heard about the tag school. I heard about the tag school. I for, I for, I forget. It was through a tag parenting group, but not this one. I'm sorry. I, I, let me back it up a little bit. Um, I hear about the tag I hear about the tag school for third grade because at third grade, um, my daughter's principal left. He got offered a different opportunity. Um, a lot of people were very dissatisfied with that. So a lot of the teachers also left. And I, I mentioned that I had, I was a, I've always been an office holder at her charter board. So I had a phenomenal rapport with the school and the staff and things of that nature. And the teachers that I was hoping that and planning for her to get, they were now leaving. And I was like, oh, well, this might be a good opportunity for us to leave too, you know, and find a different school. So, um, Incidentally, so that's when I toured the school that has the charter tag school within it. And so that would be second grade going into third. So I sent an email and I requested um, a tour. They didn't respond. I did it through the through the um, automated service through the school itself. They didn't respond. So a couple of weeks later, I sent a follow up email indicating that I had requested a tour and had not received a response and we were trying to make decisions about what to do for third grade and blah, 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 blah. Um, they didn't respond. So then a couple weeks later, I found the email, um, the phone number for, um, we have actually in our school district, a tag director. I'm sure that's not her title, but basically that's what it is. Um, she's got some, you know how titles go, but that's what she <laughs> is. Do. She's no. Um, <laughs> so I find her name and number and I won't say names because I do love my district. I work in my school district. Um, I work in one of the high schools um, and I have a phenomenal rapport with many people in our district. I go to many of our school board meetings. I sit on, I think, 
off the top of my head, five boards and committees in my school district, um, hold a couple of offices on some. Um, so it's, I don't want to bash my district, but, but well, I'll just tell the story and let you decide. So I call and she doesn't answer. I leave a message. She calls me back some time later, not same day, just sometime, days, weeks, whatever. It's too much time. And um, I say, thank you so much for calling me back. I really appreciate it. I've been reaching out to your office in hopes that my family can tour um, the um, elementary chart, um, the elementary tag school um, for my daughter. As she's testing, she has consistently been testing at 99 percentile for reading. And then she cuts me off right there as I'm saying. And she says, well, it needs to be and math and math. I said, oh, I said, OK, well, she's testing at 94 percentile for her math. I am so sorry. I did not realize that you all were a stickler oh, about the traditional percentages. And she said, yes, yes, we like to see 98 minimum, 98, 99 is about where we want to see our students. I said, oh, I am so, I am so sorry. I had no idea. I'm so sorry. But I thank you so much for calling me back and making me aware of this. And she said, well, you know, I do see that Peyton does qualify for tax services at blah, blah, blah school and blah, 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 blah. And then I say, yep, she does. But as a tag student myself, the same thing I told you, Corey, my concern is what about the other half of the year that my child isn't receiving services? What about the other half of the week? What about the other half of the day on the days that she does get it? I just don't want my child's um educational experience stunted yeah, or fragmented yeah that's fair yep because her her academic experience doesn't align with her intellect and so she says well i see she's going to such and such school and that's one of the best schools in the district for tax services and blah 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 blah, 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 blah. <laughs> i said okay I said, well, thank you so much for your time. Okay, now fast forward to I'm at this parent tag group and the educator tells the story about the elementary school. And she's like, you know, don't feel bad if your kids don't go there because um, my children went there, both of my boys, at 94% for their test scores and neither one of them liked it. So now they're going to such and such school instead. So Corey, if you remember what I said moments ago, my daughter's testing at 99 and 94. Mm -hmm. And while her math has gone up and down and peaked at the 94, she has always tested at 99 for reading, never lower. Coming in at 99, 3K, 4K, all that 99. But my black child got told that she needed to be at 98, 99. But this woman who's not black, her two children were both below my child and both got to go. Ah. Like when you when you so, when you heard that, how you know, what was it like? Was it just like someone 
ripped out your heart? I mean, how, what, what was that like for you? So as a black mother, um, I'm always the only black parent in the group. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't pay that any attention because one, I know, I know where we live, you know? Um, and when I moved here from California, it was such a culture shock where in California, um, white people were more the minority, you know, because of the, the, the diversity in the melting pot of California that to move here, when we moved here 12 years ago, it was 96% white. Um, now it's, gone down to 88%. But sitting in that seat, I felt so isolated, so alone. And my husband wasn't there with me. He was traveling to California at the time. I really wanted to cry. I was so filled with rage and anger and disappointment and frustrated and frustration because before becoming in my professional capacity within the school. I volunteered within the school, elementary, middle, and high schools for years while a stay-at-home mom until deciding to go back to school. I'm, I'm sorry, go back to work. And so my first thought is really all I've done for this district and you dare deny my child an opportunity? What? I was so appalled and disgusted and disheartened and just there's just a plethora of emotions that flow through me that I, I, I was going to say I can't put into words, but I already have put quite a few of them into words. But it was it was so awful. It was so awful. So I didn't say anything. I just kind of held it to myself. And then I asked myself, I had to do some self-reflection and ask myself, do I want to fight against this? and force my child into a system that does not want her, that then may retaliate against her because she, how dare she, quote unquote, take a seat that was not designed for her? Um, or do I let it go and keep her where she is? Because the school that she is at is a charter school and its mission is creating global leadership. So while the school itself is not diverse, it has very um, culturally inclusive views and perspectives. And so um, I don't live in Milwaukee, not from Milwaukee. Our city is very, very predominantly white. The school that I work at is only 1.3% Black. And so... Um, Knowing that fact, my daughter's only, she's lucky that I don't, I think, I think half of her, I think half of her elementary school career, she has only had one black student in her class with her or zero every year. Zero or one is the most. So knowing that, gosh, Corey, I'm, I'm tearing up thinking about it all over again, knowing I I mean, what do you do? You know, I just gone back to work. I just um, entered into this role. And then I'm like, oh, do I really want to make waves in the district that I'm, I'm working in right now? Do I really want to make us think about this? What do I do? So I talked to my husband when he got back. And my husband is, um, how can I say? My husband is um, a little bit more passive than I am. He's a little bit more easygoing, a little bit more go with the flow-ish than I am. I'm more of a 
ask questions for clarity and um, then, then, then deal with it as necessary. So um, he, he convinced me that I was being ridiculous and basically that I should let it go. So I did. So we fast forward to um, now. And my daughter, I mentioned, is in fifth grade. So I can't speak for your experience with your children um, for the, during the pandemic, Corey. But um, I was not pleased with the experience that my daughter had for second semester last school year. So knowing that um, even though our school um, started 100% virtual, her school, our district started 100% virtual for fall of 2021, I was concerned that they might choose to return in building um, by our standards prematurely. So we decided um, over the summer to enroll her in a school that had more experience with the virtual platform. And that was how it was constructed. So we pulled her out of um, the school that she'd been going to from 4K to fourth grade. And, um, but I asked, so she plays violin and then I already mentioned she's receiving tag services and, um, there was someone, there's someone else that I reached out to, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so I reached out to those three, um, points of contact and said, Hey, you know, due to the pandemic, we'll be, um, pulling Peyton out of the district for the school year, but I just wanted to check in and, and make sure that upon her returning for sixth grade that she'll be well received and find out what is it that we should be working on her um, with while she is not within district to make sure that there isn't any gaps in her knowledge um, when she reconnects with her peers next school year. For the tag school, I asked that question and I asked specifically, I want to make sure she will not lose her tag status and will still qualify to transition to the tag middle school. That woman told me, oh, yes, yes, that's fine. That's wonderful. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. So then now, Corey, now it's time. You know, it's, it's time to apply. You know, December was time. I sent that woman an email, so I tried to apply online, but they didn't have it where you can complete the application online. So I um, sent her an email and said, hey, do you have an editable application or a link that you can share um, or just some way that I can fill out a digital application to get the process going for my child for the TAG middle school? This woman did not respond, Corey. She did not respond. This, this is the same woman, I might add, that told me that she had to be at 98, 99 percentile to go to, to that tag elementary school. So she didn't respond. Now I'm getting anxious because we're starting to tour other schools, virtual tour, whatever, um, having parent information with other schools. But this is not what I want. I want her to go to the tag middle school. I want her to finally be an academic in an academic setting that aligns with her skill set. Um, so I circle back. Um, I give her a week. This time I send an email to the principal and I CC her and I ask the same question. And I said, per um, my request from last week, see below. I am wondering if, and I asked the question again. Now, the principal, Corey, the principal responds to me within hours. Thanks me profusely for reaching out and promises to figure something out to get me an application. 
the principal, Corey, the very next morning, there is an email from her with an editable application. Now, the application says to send it back to this tag director that we've already established is just like not working with me here. Um, But the principal instruction in the email was for me to email her directly with the application. So I'm torn. So to know me, Corey, is to know that I'm a rule follower. And I'm like, shoot, which rule do I follow? Do I follow the rule of... um, Sending it to the principal directly, or do I follow the rule on the application of sending it to the tag director? So I decide to do both. Oh, now the tag director responds within hours. This time, she beat the principal and said, I'm looping in the enrollment specialist, and she'll review it and get back to you. And so then we had some back and forth emails where I'm like, okay, how will she get back to me? Will that be snail mail or email or phone call? What kind of timeline or should we expect to hear back from you all? Blah, 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 blah. So I think she said February. So I put it on my calendar. I'm going to call her on February 1st because I'm not going to play this game with you all again, where then you tell me in April and then now it's too late for me to even get into her backup school. No, 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 no. So I, I, I've sent a follow up email in February on February, the first Monday of February. And, um, the enrollment specialist tells me that my daughter is on a wait list already. And I says, Oh, wow. I am so surprised to hear that, um, that the sixth grade cohort is already full. Um, so I know you can't, um, say how fast I know you can't say if she'll how the likelihood of her getting in, but can you tell me what kind of movement does your um, your um, wait list see within a year? You know, we're just trying to get a gauge for whether or not she'll even be able to make it for seventh grade. Um, basically, she tells me we're number three on the list. I am, I am hot. Corey. I'm talking to my husband and I'm like, basically, she's not going to go. And he's like, why do you say that? She's number three. And I'm like, dude, she's not going to get in. Parents who are sending their kids to a tag middle school are not going to give up that seat. Five kids will have to give up their seat for our child to get in. Do you not see the math on that? Five parents are not going to say, even though I know that you need this, um, intellectual challenging, we're going to let you go to regular public school. They're not going to do that. And so I, I literally, Corey, I cried. I had so many sleepless nights. I was so angry. I just, I just could not shake it. So, um, then I met with someone, I won't say names, I met with someone within our organization with WeTag and I shared my story with her and um, she then told me what should have happened from a WeTag perspective and my chin hit the floor. She and I cried together on the call and she apologized profusely for the experience that I had and how my child was withheld and denied opportunities for, so if you're keeping track, Corey, this is now eight years. This has gone on eight years. I said seven at first. Wait a minute. 3K, 4K kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, eight, eight years, eight years. I've been battling my school district um, for my child to get into this magnet school. Eight years. 
So it was actually through the advice of a WeTag board member that said, I'm going to take my WeTag hat off for a minute and just talk to you as a parent. And I recommend you go down there and you talk to that principal who has obviously been um, more responsive than the director. And, and, you know, we just kind of talked through some pieces and we talked about how it just felt racially charged and um, it, and how it just, it's just, oh, I'm just at a loss for words. I'm still just bothered by it. So I heard what she had to say, but um, our board is comprised much of how Wisconsin looks when you look outside your window. It's prime. It's it's um it's a number of, of white people on the board, and so I thought to myself, I'm hearing what she's saying, but the privilege that she has as a white woman does not extend to me as a black woman. So I'm just going to ask a couple of more people and see if other people think I should also go down there. So I asked another friend of mine whose level of parental advocacy for their children, who also has tagged children, um, aligns with my own. And um, her children, her family does not live in our school district, though they do live in Wisconsin. And um, she also shared the perspective of our um, board member, who said, yeah, you should go down there and talk to the principal. But again, Corey, she was also white. And so I was like, I think I need to talk to a woman of color who also works in our district, who also um, is an advocate for her for her children to help me decide because I don't want any backlash. I don't want my child being retaliated against. I don't want um, to suffer from a glass ceiling effect because I advocated for my child. I, I don't I don't want to deal with any negative outcomes. So it just so happens that our diversity, equity and inclusion officer in our school district and I have a phenomenal rapport and I talked to her about it. But I was talking to her about it as a friend, not not in her professional capacity and um, so she also shared the perspective of the other two ladies. And I said to her the same thing that I said to our board member, which was, OK, well, when I go in there, I'm going to share um, that it's not just me, that other people share the perspective that um, there was an injustice that has occurred. But I won't say your name. I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus. Um, she said, no, no, no. I want you to say my name. You let them know that you talk to the district's diversity, equity and inclusion officer. And I'm going to go and talk to them. And da, 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 da. So fast forward, Corey, to the very end, I went into the principal's office and my daughter is in. But this has been an eight year uphill battle and she'll be now going to the tag middle school um, in fall. But. It's been rough. It's been some sleepless nights and some tearful nights. And that is my that is my story and my struggle as the parent of a, um, a black tag student in Wisconsin. Wow. So, Denitra, we were talking about your daughter, Peyton, who had, like you like you mentioned, uh, struggles with uh, eight years um, having just awful struggles trying to get um, noticed and recognized as a, as a tech student in getting, getting recognized into a school. Uh, you mentioned how much, uh, you know, that really ripped out your heart. Um, how, you know, how 
how did Peyton handle all this, uh, Dinesha? I mean, while you were obviously, you know, upset at, you know, all the various stakeholders, including the schools and principals and, you know, people that you talked to on the phone and emailed, how, how did your daughter uh, manage to handle uh, all of that outside noise while all of this was going on? Um, she, she wasn't aware of it. It's not like we were telling her about it. You know, I would say the way she noticed is, um, just, just being bored in her classrooms, you know, and the funny thing is, Corey, when I would speak with her, um, teachers about it at parent teacher conference, I would ask them every single time, you know, what, what kind of resources are being offered to my child to keep her engaged for the same reasons that I mentioned to you. And um, they would say, well, we have her, you know, helping with other kids. She's just like being the little helper. And I'm like thinking to myself, but that's not academically enriching for her. That's only helping her peers. That's not the objective <laughs> that I'm hoping to meet here. So um, again, just not. That's basically like a teacher's aid position. Exactly. In elementary school where she's here to learn, you know, so it that's other than that, you know, um, I don't think that she noticed because it wasn't as though we would have these conversations with her in the space. Um, my husband and I, you know, um, because I didn't want her, I don't know what she would think if I shared it with her. You know, I think that children are, you know, she probably is appreciative that she didn't have as much work to do actually. Um, but um, I don't think kids really grasp, you know, resources like we do. You know, I don't, I don't think they really understand the opportunities that are being offered as we do as adults. So. Have you, you know, after this situation um, was finished, did you run into any similar uh, parents that had the same situation? So this is all new. So this it's only March, and this all just unfolded last month after eight years okay. of battling this. Um, and because this is my school district, I don't really talk about it because, like I said, I do work in the building, and um, I have a lot of close relationships with people who work here on various levels in my district um, that I don't really discuss it. I guess I'm still in a wait and see mode, even though I received the le the email that said she's in, you know, um, and then we'll get the, the welcome packet and everything whenever she said, I don't know. It's still, it's still, it's, it's still so surreal to me. You know, it's like, uh, I believe it when she actually walks through the door and fall. So kind of where I'm at you know I I'm just so didn't you go ahead go ahead I'm just too tired so you can make so you can so you can make an argument that the majority of the folks in the district still have no idea what what happened with you absolutely you think they should I I would I would imagine I mean I I think a district would want to know if uh someone in their district not only feels <laughs> like they've been slighted, but they've been slighted for a certain reason. Um, it, and it's the whole, the whole story is, is just absolutely awful. Uh, and it, and it shouldn't, and it shouldn't happen to anybody else, but obviously I'm not naive to think that it, this doesn't happen 
you know, elsewhere around the state and, you know, elsewhere around the nation, you know, this, um, this kind of pecking order just based on, you know, you know, either, either if it's by race or if it's by, you know, who, you know, who, you know, or, you know, that kind of stuff is just, you know, we, we just have to base it on universal merit. Uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's why these kids and the parents want this is because, these kids are obviously showing reasons why they truly deserve it, and the reason why the reasons why the doors are closed are absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Huh. You know, I hadn't really considered it, um, but that's how I came to the board. You know, um, is to ensure that other students receive, all students receive equitable opportunities. You know, regardless of their race. Um, I don't know, socioeconomic status, you know, all that, you know, um, that's, that's what brings me to the board. I believe in um, making change from within, you know, you can only say so much standing on a street corner without a bullhorn, but being on the news, having a real platform is what makes the difference. And to me, that's what sitting on the board is for me having an opportunity to make sure all students receive equitable opportunities are made and are made aware of what resources are available to them based on their talented and gifted status. What Denitra, what, um, what did you think you learned from this experience? (sighs) You know, um, So Wisconsin is the number one, statistically, the number one worst place to live for African-Americans. I mean, really? Yes. You know, I mean, I didn't know that. Yep. And and what do you have to do to beat out 49 other states? I mean, we're beating out the southern states where we know racism is pretty strong and prevalent there. Um, it's, It's pretty interesting. And that's actually what got me into volunteering in the schools. Um, I didn't mention it, but when I was volunteering and in in my professional capacity, I worked specifically with students who identify as Black and African-American or of mixed race with one being African-American. And that's always been the path that I've been on. And I started it because of the fact that I learned that statistic. And while my husband and I are having a wonderful experience, you know, our quality of life has increased tenfold since moving to Wisconsin. Both of us will admit that. I've always wondered what in the world is going on in Wisconsin that we've received that number one worst place to live status. And I used to assume that it's something that happens at the K through 12 experience that yields these poor outcomes for adults. I used to say before last month, We're having a phenomenal experience in Wisconsin. Our family has not been negatively impacted by these um, negative results. I'm not sure what's going on. But after what happened to my child and not even realizing that I was in an eight-year battle during the eight years, now I'm starting to question that. So what have I learned? I'm, I'm, I'm still processing it. Because like I said, it just this all just came to a head less than a month ago. Um, I'm still processing it and I'll have a better answer of what have I learned after school starts. And I see what kind of treatment she receives when she's in the classrooms. But for right now, 
the thing that I've learned is you have to advocate for your children and don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. Yeah, there's so many. It's funny because when I talk to Lalitha and Maria um, on an inclusion equity podcast, um, you know, that that's the one thing that they kind of hit home was you have to be assertive for your children and you really have to be an advocate. And the funny thing is, I think Lalitha was mentioning how many, how many, you know, minorities are so trustworthy of administration because, well, you know, uh, we just moved here. We're new. Uh, you know, I, you know, you guys are in the school district. You obviously know what you're doing, but, but then when you hear a story like this, um, it, it just, it not only breaks your heart, but it just crushes your soul. I mean, it's really, you know, I don't know. I just, I, this is really terrible. Yeah, it, it is. And it's, it's very unfortunate. Um, and I have had students, I work in the high schools and, you know, I don't, I don't know, at least I've been told who knows now what's the truth, but I've been told there is no tag high school. Um, so, um, I've, I've had students that I've served and, and they'll tell me, oh yeah, Miss Denitra, I was tagged when I was, when I was younger. And I'm like, there's no such thing as was tag, you know, either you are or yeah. you aren't. What do you mean? You know, and it, and it left me wondering. So when you ask me, what did I learn? I reflect back on those moments when I've had other black students tell me things like that. And I wonder what went wrong during their K through eighth experience that they don't identify, self-identify to boot. They self-identify as not tag now. That's not how that works. I, I never lost my gate status when I went to mm-hmm. high school. So um, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter how much we say, um, we want to support our children. We want to make sure they have equitable opportunities. It doesn't matter if the organization takes that stance, if those who work in the organization do not also buy into it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. I, I really think it's this single person, this lone tag director who has made that choice for my child because I was looking back before I went into the office and I, I made some conversations and highlighted some statistics around um, diversity for the um, tag elementary school and the middle school in my district. And when I went to speak with the principal, um, I noted that I found some statistics that reflected uh, 86% white for demographics for um, the 18 in 2018 and 0% black. And then fast forward to 2021, it was um, 85% white and 1% black. But I'm like, dude, I know there's more black kids when they're bright than this. I mean, come on. So, um, I don't know, Corey, it just, I don't even know what to say. There needs to be, in my opinion, there needs to be more checks and balances. Yeah. There needs to be a way of uh, holding, having more accountability. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's what I just think, you know, really needs to happen. Um, and I know you have to go. Um, 
I, Denitra, I really, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Just a couple of housekeeping things here with, uh, with Waytag, um, Wisconsin Association for Talented and Gifted, we're holding a logo design contest for students in grades K through 12. The deadline for entries is Thursday, April 1st, 2021. So please go to watg.org. And, I'll, and as long as I'm, as long as I'm promoting the WATG, uh, the second thing is please, if you have any thoughts about becoming a member of the WATG, please uh, head on over to our website, WATG.org. Um, we are we are firm believers in advocating for children. Uh, we do it at at you know things that with things podcasts like this, we do it at the legislative level. Um, we do so many different things. Uh, throughout the state of Wisconsin, and we are truly invested in uh, students um, and helping our teachers and school districts uh, to uh, to empower students uh, in ways that they've never been empowered before. So, uh, I really think that um, uh, we could use more more energized members uh, throughout the state. If uh, if you have any questions, like I said, please head to watg.org. Uh, and once again. Um, Denitra, I really appreciate you sharing your story. Um, I'm sorry that, uh, that, an, that made you a little bit emotional, uh, but obviously this is a very sensitive topic and, um, I'm, I, I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, this, it's, the future is, uh, really bright for, for all of you guys. Thanks, Corey. I really appreciate that. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to even share our story. And I hope that it moves anyone else that is listening that have had the same experience, moves them into action to advocate for their child and not to be afraid of the outcome and what could happen. And one of the things I always tell my students is you don't you don't tell yourself no, you let them tell you no. You know, so don't be afraid. If they say no, at least you tried, you know, but um it's 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 a it's tough it's an it's tough but together we can get through it. All right, thanks a lot for Denitra Williams. I'm Corey Jennerjohn, uh, another another member of the Wisconsin Association for, for Talented and Gifted. This is the Waytake Podcast. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the WATG podcast. To learn more, visit us at watg.org. Thank you.